It is a big idea, a new world order, where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. and salutations to all my fellow sky watchers thank you all for being here with us and listening live on this wonderful evening of course june 27th 2017 coming to you at the speed of sound direct from new logic studios down in miami florida this is sky watchers radio broadcasting live on somewhat some would say is the third rock from the sun um, others like my co-host here call it aspen i like to call it earth now, when did I say I call it Aspen? You're not to speak until you're officially announced. Now, oh, to our intergalactic okay. listeners, I say again, folks, just to rem- just remember as a reminder, if you remember, Alan, remember, if you flippity flip flop when you zippity bop, bop, boom, you're going to have to zip, zap, zappity pop, pop on your boom, boom. So be careful guys it's again it's the transmission is very very dangerous uh to our flat earth listeners all two of you please uh guys as always as i say draw a, a chalk line and uh join us here at the uh, the show we'd love to have you on i'm of course angel and as with me as uh always is my uh, radio hetero life mate the one and the only the great interrupter the one who will one day definitely play lord helmet in Spaceballs two the grandson of Milo Ben. That's right. My Is that the name to of my it? brain. That's the name of, that's the name of it. Yeah, yeah. My, oh, no, my pinky to my brain, Mr. Alan Weiler. How are you doing, sir? I am doing okay. I am... <laughs> Uh, is that the name of the second Spaceballs movie? Is that the deci- finally decided name? Is it really? No, but I'm, I'm given it the name. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, that's... That's actually uh, interesting. That that would be fun. Um, and to the two flat earthers that Angel chose to point out, uh, correct? Yes. You yes. know, I'm sorry we pissed off all your constituents by proving the Earth is eventually round or at least oval. 
in its shape. So, um, sorry guys, so sad, too bad. Uh, we actually have a round planet. Right. Wink, wink. If you guys want to call in and uh, join the fun, uh, the lines are always open. It's uh, 786-245-8127. Again, that's uh, 786-245-8127. Love to hear from you, no matter if you're west of the Rockies, east of the Rockies, north of the equator, somewhere out there in the intergalactic plane that somewhere is not over visible the by NASA. Somewhere over the rainbow, somewhere under the rainbow, anywhere on the planet, just call in. We'll love to hear from you. Uh, tonight's guest, we're going to have a good guest. Finally, a great guest, actually. What do you mean, finally? We've been having some good guests. That's true, very. That's very true. We, we always have good guests on the show. But you know, sometimes, though, Alan, sometimes... Some do stand out. Some do stand out. They're better than others, you know? And sometimes we, we say we we're going to have a fantastic guest. And then by 20 minutes in, we're like... Yeah, we've had one or two of those. Right. But, you know, normally they're good guests, you know. For the, for the most part, yeah, I will give you that. For the most part, we rock on the show when it comes to getting guests. But tonight, guys, tonight, joining the Skywatchers crew is a UFO researcher, lifelong researcher at that, by the way. So much so that guess what his name is? His nickname, I should say. Guess what his nickname is? Don't ask me. I already know, so I'm not. Well, I'm asking you, so you can answer. You're the, you're the oh, his, audience's his, voice. Oh, that his I'm name to. has UFO in it. What is the name, other guy? For the love of God! Um, Come on, work with me here. Come on. Does he ask for money a lot? Okay, I'm gonna give you one more chance before I really get upset. And you know what happens when I get upset, right, other guy? Um, what happens when you get upset? Nothing. I just, you know, I keep getting Absolutely nothing. That's right. Exactly. But no, UFO Jim, thank you very much. You you didn't let me get to it. No, because you were never, you were never going to get there at all. I I have a feeling you were not going to get there. That's right, folks. UFO Jim, Jim Ludwith is going to be joining us tonight. And Jim has been a uh, a researcher of UFOs and extraterrestrials for for more than 45 years. So about six years longer than I've been on this planet, uh, he's been researching this stuff. And uh, an amazing ufologist, an amazing researcher. And for old, doesn't it? Well, uh, maybe makes him feel old, not me. Young stud at 39. All right. I'll be 40 in a couple in a few months, guys. Not fun. Now, he's been a lecturer also for the last uh, decade or so on science and UFOs, Hollywood and UFOs, and science and crop circles at the community colleges all around the world, adult education, Rotary, uh, Rotary clubs, and other community groups nationally and internationally. He's also an instructor of popular and well-attended annual classes at Sonoma College Center, or Community Center uh, on Alien Encounters, instrumental in getting multiple films and documentaries on UFOs included in the mainstream uh, Sonoma Film Festival as well. And again, uh, he's a well-rounded uh, ufologist as they come and uh, as credible in this field as you're, you're going to get. And also he's worked extensively with uh, our good friend Steve Bassett on getting disclosure to the masses. Well, that's a good thing. Yes. We want disclosure. And when do we want it? Now. We want it now, damn it. So... He's going to be on with us in the uh, next hour, guys. We're going to have a lot of fun talking to him and picking his brain on the entire field of ufology and what he thinks 
is actually happening because you know everybody has their own kind of idea and take and some are researchers like himself and they go on whatever research they're actually doing and sometimes they're led somewhere and then there's a dead end it happens it does thank you for you know giving me such great answers by the way other guy you're you awesome feedback awesome feedback but um <laughs> i'm not here uh, to drive you nuts at all really i'm not no, no, no. That, that's Danny's job. Right. Yeah, he's the one that drives me. Uh, How is Danny sometimes. doing? We haven't heard from him lately. I'm sure he's probably listening in, but he's just not participating, darn it. Yeah, he's listening in all right. I had to give him the third degree a couple minutes ago because uh, Danny in his uh, youth, he's you know rambunctious youth, uh, he doesn't understand uh, that there are certain codes that you don't cross, and sometimes he gets his streams crossed, and you got to smack him upside the head a little bit. And, Get him back in gear. Okay, so you're smacking Danny upside the head. I had to earlier. I had to a little bit. What did he do to deserve it? I am not going to get in on that on air. Okay, you're not going to. Okay, fine. You'll tell me later. I'll tell you. That's right, folks. I'll broadcast it next week once I find out what it is. There you go. Now we have a couple of different things we wanted to get to newsworthy wise. I know that uh, we have a segment here called the Wall of Weird News, and there's a couple items that we've picked out out of the news from uh, our good friends over at OpenMinds.tv. And uh, Alan, are you ready for that? Yes, I am. All right, let's head over to the Wall of Weird. Here we go. Wall of Weird News on Skywalker Radio. All right, so where's the wall of weird? What do we got? What do we got? Okay, here we go. The first one we're going to talk about here is uh, new UK UFO files released, but not accessible online. And um, it says here, the UK government has finally released several UFO documents they have been promising to release for years in years and years and years, the UK government claimed to have released all of their UFO files in 2013, which was a lie. However, in 2014, found 18 others they neglected to include in the original bunch. Although the files are available as of today, they cannot be accessed online anywhere. Why is Interesting. that? Hmm. They can only be seen by visiting their office in Kew. That's K-E-W-Q, which is a few miles outside of London. Get that? Q is a few miles outside of London. Okay, I thought Q was the guy from James Bond who... Uh... Well, not, no, not Q, like the, like the letter Q. Like K-E-W-Q. Oh, okay. A few miles outside of London. Anyway, this means it may be a few days until we know what's in the actual files themselves, but how ironic do they say, yeah, we released all the files in 2013, and... Oh, wait Whoops, a second. No, wait, wait, yeah. wait. No, we got some more. More files. Whoopsie. The, well, uh, maybe, re- maybe the files, maybe these files happened after. Uh, I don't, I don't know. We haven't seen them. Well, we should find out what's in them. So when we see them, we'll, we'll actually know. Now, it says an email had been sent from the UK National Archives to uh, one Kerry McClure in response to an inquiry about the files. McClure forwarded the response, which included a link to information about the files. Um, it says posted contents of the email earlier today. Although the UK National Archive has claimed they will be releasing 18 files, only 15 are actually represented in the link provided by McClure. Uh, the files may never have been discovered if they if they were not for the efforts of John Burroughs. He witnessed an amazing UFO event while in the U.S. Air Force stationed at a base in the UK in 1980. He oh, see, discover- could that be Rendlesham? 
maybe. He had discovered the existence of, his, of uh, several UFO files he wanted to review while investigating the, this uh, his UFO incident. And that says the UK government said they were releasing all of their UFO files and he would uh, have to wait until they were actually released with the rest of the UFO documents which were being made public in batches. Bitches, that's right, in batches. It says here, one of all UFO files were supposedly released, the, doc- the documents... Let me read that. Once all of the UFO files uh, were supposedly released, the documents uh, he was looking for were not present. It says here he's, uh, he then asked the UK government to release them, but he, he was, uh, was he was not taken serious because you know UFO stuff, man. They ain't gonna take him serious. Then the UK citizen who uh, had uh, read about Boros' effort made a request for the files as well, and he received a response, and they weren't laughing. He was told the files have been overlooked and they will be released within nine months. Hmm. So they're going to burst the files out to the earth. Burst it nine months later, baby files. Well, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if they actually hit. I honestly don't believe it anymore until I actually see it in my hands or on the screen. Well, I mean, I haven't seen any of the files they've released, uh, you know, shame on me, uh, from 2013. I'm going to go back and look at that now and uh, really study some of those files. And uh, But, again, a lot of this stuff is just reports of people saying, oh, I saw this or I saw that, and no concrete evidence, just a bunch of stories written down on paper somewhere. And it said Q a few miles from London, if you guys want to check that out. Well, is what it is. All right, what else do we got in the news world? Let's see, let's move on. Uh, we have one uh, more item here. It says, NASA to anonymous. No, we don't have evidence of aliens. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, right. yes you do. You know you, you do. Come on. You just really? can't admit it. <laughs> Bunch of lying, like, really? little scheming, little twits. Like, really? <laughs> like, no evidence? With none? None? Yeah, Not a little right. bit. Nothing. No, nope, we don't. Yeah, that deserves a round of applause for the greatest lab of all time. Can we get him a round yeah. of applause? No, it, it deserves a great big laugh. Ha ha. I know? mean, every, every time I, I, I think of NASA giving an answer, I, this is what comes to mind. Be some buttheads, music. Simon. <laughs> and then the laugh. Because <laughs> 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 I can laugh. You know, NASA, every time they say anything these days, it really just reminds me of Beavis and Butthead because it's like, it's a joke. And for them to say that, you know, are we alone in the universe? Well, maybe not, but do we have any evidence of aliens? Definitely not. Come on, NASA, we know you've been lying to us for years. Don't take us as a a joke. But let's read this article anyway. It says here... All right, read it. At least not yet, they're saying, right? Come on. Now, that was NASA's response after uh, the hacking collective Anonymous released a video claiming that the American organization was on the brinks of revealing it as yet undiscovered extraterrestrial life forms. Wait, as yet undiscovered extraterrestrial life forms. But what is that? Which you know, means they've discovered them. something? Right. I mean, that means they've discovered well, it. Just, well, yes, it's they yet have, to be announced. They discovered the microbes that were in the meteors that they pulled out of the uh, Arctic up north. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, it says here, Thomas uh, Zerbuchin, I'm probably going to butcher his name, the Associated Administrator of NASA's Science uh, Mission Direct, uh, Directorate, 
uh, who was heavily quoted in the anonymous video, spoke out on Monday to confirm that NASA isn't sitting on what is potentially the biggest space discovery ever. And here's his quote. <clears throat> Contrary to some reports, there is no pending announcement from NASA regarding extraterrestrial life. Thank oh, you, Thomas. So, okay, so he's Thank saying you. that there's no pending announcement. He's right. just not saying about anything about extraterrestrial life, just no announcement about it. Right, right. And then he follows that up with his, uh, are we alone in the universe? Well, we don't know yet. We have missions moving forward that may help answer that fundamental question. In other words, after maybe several trillions and trillions of dollars, we'll say there's some microbes on a, on a planet somewhere. Hmm. Give you aliens. Yeah. But Thomas wasn't, you know, stopping there. The comments did not rule out the chance, of course, of discovering alien life forms in the future, the article says. Winky wonky, you know, space, wibbly wobbly stuff. NASA, never a straight answer. Now, I am, you know, I'm completely done with NASA for the most part, uh, just because uh, everything they say is shady. I want to believe them. I just can't believe them. I want like, to. I don't, I don't believe them as far as I can throw you across the room. Then, yeah, with your yeah, weak yeah. ass lungs from all that smoke inhalation. Hey, yeah, hey, you hey, you hey, hey, toss hey, me anyway. hey, 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 throw me under the bus like that. What's wrong with you? What? I'm not tossing you under the bus. You're throwing me completely under the bus, bus driver. Dude, you can't fit under the bus. I'm not throwing but, you under the man, bus. You're a, you're a bus driving ass fool. Look at that, bus driving. <laughs> I, I will run your moving ass on, over. Moving on, bus driver. Let's move on, bus driver. Dude, I'm going to need a four-wheeler that's move got the jacket. Look here, bus driver. Winky, wonky, wonky. Dude, you got such a face for radio. It's incredible. You're getting applause, bus driver. <laughs> All right. All right, enough of that. Okay, fine. No more bantering. Let's get down to business. What else we got? Um, let's see. There's not really much going on in ufology uh, this uh, week. It's It's been kind of a slow week. It has been a slow week. Everything's gearing up to all the UFOs people are going to see during July 4th because, you know, they're going to think fireworks are UFOs. That's probably going to happen, yeah. By the way, don't forget to remind people, we are not at this point in time, to our knowledge, live next week. As for now. As for now. Right. And I really don't think uh, next week doing a show is going to be a good idea because, you know, it's going to be fun time with the family. Yeah. And not right. many people are going to be listening in anyway. So, yeah, most likely uh, we're going to be off next week. But if things change, which I highly doubt, uh, we'll, you know, get back to it. Uh, you know, something something I wanted to really touch on, and uh, it's newsworthy because the shittas keep hitters the fanists. Okay. If you understand my French. Yes, I understand that. Which, okay. w- what has hit us the fanith? Well, as you are aware, we've been talking uh, extensively over the last few weeks, both here and on Euphonar Radio, about uh, one Corey Good and this Gaia organization that keeps promoting and pumping this stuff. And um, right, what happened? Oh man, all kinds of crazy, kooky things happened. Really? Tell me more. Tell me more. Make I had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. Uh-huh. I believe now, and follow along here with me, okay? I believe. I could fly. No. 
I th- and, and, and this just struck me out of nowhere. It just it just hit me that you know Corey Good has been promoted really heavily by David Wilcock, right? I mean, th- th- this is really the main guy right. that uh, has promoted his story, and now everybody who aligned themselves with Corey <clears throat> and started promoting his Blue Avion. Go on. <coughs> Sorry, I had a cough. Okay, not a problem. Thanks for the mute button. Uh, just hit me all of a sudden. Hold on. Well, folks, he's on pause right now as he's hacking up a lung. If you'd oh, like to donate to Blue Avion, it's killing me. If you okay, need I'm him, back. Okay, fine. Those of you that would like to donate a lung to him, don't forget, please don't do it. I got a really good insurance policy on Angel over there, so if he does kick over, uh, I'm sitting pretty. I'll be okay. I, I'm so remember, I'm still getting over bronchitis. It's not completely gone away, so. Oh, really? I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to make fun of you, but yes, well, I Of did. course you did. You always make fun of the handicapped. That's in the, right. In the, in the week. It's not that you're handicapped. It's that you're... No, I don't want to even say it online. Never mind. Anyway, moving on. So, my train of thought this week over this whole Corey Good thing and David Wilcock thing is yeah. that, you know, because a lot of folks are like, well, you know, how is it that they did all these interviews together and, you know, they sat down and, you know, they got these stories out of uh, Corey Good and, you know, at some point if he's lying, they, you know, why would these guys go along with it? Uh, especially tie themselves in so heavily to this story, like a David Wilcock. And it just hit me like, what if... David Wilcock, who has connections, you know, all over the place. What right. if one day he was just sitting there and said, you know, what's a good way to make some money? You know, I'm already involved in this ufology thing, and I've done pretty well, but what's a really good way to make some really hard cash? Hmm. Let's create a hoax that cannot be verified by anybody. Okay. So he calls on one of his buddies who has a little bit of a military background, like uh, Corey Good. Right. He does have some sort of military background, apparently, uh, which has been verified, um, or at least somewhat verified by somebody, supposedly, somehow. Maybe the same guy who saw Obama's birth certificate and verified it, I don't know. Um, but um, let's just say that he was sitting there, called his buddy, said, you know what? Let me tell you uh, what we're going to do. We're going to make some money, and I want you to get involved in ufology with me, and we're going to create this big, elaborate hoax. Gone. Now, the reason I say this is because I, I actually saw a few of the videos over the last few days of the Cosmic uh, Group Gaia thing that they've put out where they actually are interviewing with Corey Good and, uh, and David Wilcox is doing the interview. Now, the one thing that struck me really, really hard when I was watching this was how... David Wilcock is almost leading the answers from Corey Good. And if you guys watch this, go to YouTube and just uh, check the uh, videos out. And you're going to notice how there's sometimes where Corey Good doesn't know what to say. Like, he doesn't know the answer. So David Wilcox kind of takes over, and he's, like, giving him the answer. Like, oh, because the Blue Avians, uh, they, they took you on this time, right? And he's like, yeah, that's exactly right. Like, this is, like, really bad acting. Hmm. So I was the reason I, I bring this up is because you know folks are saying, well, if Cutley Good is is a hoaxer and uh, his whole thing falls apart, who are the people that are going to fall apart with him? You know, first, who are the people that are going to they're going to take the fall with him because you know he's not alone in this. The first person I'm thinking of right now is David Wilcock. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a big-ass forehead. I'm thinking right now, David Wilcock and his forehead, or his five head, as I like to say, uh, are wow, going to be the first ones to fall. Well, he has a big head. He really it's does. It's funny. It's funny, but it's cruel. It is cruel, and it is funny, but, he, but the truth is he has a big head. Now, big forehead. Now, I'm thinking he's going to be the first one to take a fall on this thing, and um, I wonder how much longer this is going to drain out, because, of course, our little Rio Sunshine is already, like, panicking over there on his, uh, what's, uh, Unpatriotic Radio Network, whatever the hell they're called over there. I have no idea. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, um, you know he's panicking because he knows when this ship goes down, he's he's right there with it because he's all tied in now with these guys. So I'm, I'm you know looking forward actually to um, to the next couple months to see how this unravels because it's becoming pretty apparent that it's a, a big giant hoax. And uh, if you guys wanted to laugh a little bit, go to YouTube. Check that out. Check that video. Those videos out. The, it's uh, David Wilcox interviewing Corey Good, and uh, it's hysterical that when you start watching it, how you can see him leading him into the answers he wants him to say. Hmm. Amusing stuff, guys. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna uh, do our usual stinky yet very satisfying blast through the a hole. Yes, it's going to be so satisfying. At least for the other guy, he really enjoys the transmission that comes out on these oh, very special. That's just so bad. On these very special messages that we receive through the a hole. We'll be right back, guys. abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. The UFOstore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. The UFOstore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or? No. Holy <laughs> That was the... Yeah. 10 seconds of... No. What are you that tra- was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. Unidentified flying something. Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Look, 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes, that George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban fellow. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. All right, everybody, we're back. And it's the uh, time of the show where we give you a little blast from the a-holes. That's right. Come on, everybody. Woohoo, woohoo. You get woo-hoo. some really freaky questions you guys send in, so I'm looking forward to answering them. So uh, you guys better keep on sending them in on a regular basis. It's a lot of fun. And this is the equivalent, by the way, of, for those listening for the first time and that might not know what Blast Through the A-Hole is, this is our equivalent of a mailbag, you know, that you would have on a show where you read mail and stuff. Uh, on our website, if you go to uh, skywatchersradio.com and you look on the right-hand side, it, it actually gives you a link to you can send us a blast and uh, we'll read it live on air. You know, we'll give you a little, little poop sign at the end because that's what we do. And so uh, usually we get a lot of funny stuff. Uh, before we do get to the first show, Blast, though, uh, Alan, I had a really interesting call um Earlier yesterday, go on. Um, as I'm, it was you know this happens all the time on the show, and you you know I've told you about this that usually our fans like to call when we're not on the air. Right? Yeah, it happens all the time. They think we're all live for some reason. A lovely gentleman calls up and starts uh, giving me a you know a lot of praise on how the show is and how you know I do, and uh, he says he said a, a nice thing or two about you. One or oh, two. Only one or two, I'm sure. Yeah, that's about it, really. So, I mean, that's what you could say, really. I mean, he's a lot of noise in the background. He's interrupting all the time. Doesn't <laughs> give you much feedback, you know. One-word answers, like, yeah, okay, that's right. That's right, two words. So go on. But anyway, so, no, but he was very complimentary on uh, the, the the show and the network and stuff and uh, Jesse's show and uh, Rich's show and, uh, you know, Nancy and Bill and everybody who's on the network who's been on the network for a while. So he's been right. listening. So shout-outs to him. I, I You know, I, I didn't catch his name. He gave it to me, I think, but I didn't catch it because I was driving, and I really just uh, forget. But if he's listening right now, you know who you are, and thank you for that comment. I really, uh, that made my day because it's always fun to wake up and have somebody call and actually praise you for something you're doing. You know, that's always It's cool. a nice thing. It doesn't always happen, but it's a nice thing when it does. It doesn't happen much. That's why I bring it up. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. Usually it's like, what did you guys do? You've upset everybody that I know, including my aunt. Oh, no. Panic. Oh, por que? Por que dicen eso? But anyway, we're moving on to the first blast year. This is coming from a gentleman or a lady. I'm not sure because there's one of those names that can go either way. The name is Chris. Right. 
And they didn't, they didn't put a last name, so it could be a Chris with a K. So that could really go either way. Because it could be a female name, Chris with a K, like Christy. Okay, so what does Chris with a K want? Or it could be Chris, like Chris Cross, the rap group. You know, it could be any way you want it. So Chris is asking uh, for each one of us, I guess you and me, to uh, tell uh, the audience who our favorite hoaxers are. Hmm. I wanted to go first on that one, other guy. Go ahead. Who's okay? Who's my favorite? Most pathetic or favorite? Who I'm like? Well, yeah, I mean, he didn't really specify, but I'm thinking about who's your favorite hoaxer, as in, you know, as you, you know, they're a hoaxer, but at least they're fun to listen to. You know, like yeah, they're funny, they're fun. You give you like, yeah, they're full of it, but you know, it's still pleasant to listen to once in a while. It just escape from reality. Okay, I will have to say third phase of mode. Really, Blake Cousins? You get down with Blake Cousins like that? I, I I think that you know it's like the shit that they come up with, and I'm like, how the? I mean, come on, you can see the pixelation, you can see y- y- the colors don't even match. This you have two, you must have three different suns going with that poor lighting of whatever the hell you put into that image. I mean, it's fun looking at their stuff and saying, oh my god, people think this is real. I'll give you that, and also Blake Cousins' bad acting in those videos are, are really just well, yeah, that's stellar. It. I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna bitch about him personally. I was just gonna point out some of the stuff that way he could say, "Well, they sent it to me." I was trying to give him an out there, but you had to go there, didn't you? Well, no, yeah, I'm being realistic. I'm, I, you know what? That's a great pick. Okay. Third phase of moon. That's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, if I had to pick one, I would say Billy Myers. Because I, I, I'm always amused at Billy Myers stuff because you know you have uh, you know people like Michael Horn who promote Billy Myers stuff who's clearly lost his mind years ago, and then you have Billy Myers who lost his mind years before Michael Horn lost his mind. Right. And uh, you know I love the fact that they say, well, a one-armed guy couldn't have hoaxed all these videos. It is impossible. But yet they're not talking about his wife, kids, friends, neighbors. You know, the other people that he knows that are around him, they could clearly help him hoax what he done over the last, you know, what, what how many decades now? Yeah, I guess that. Several, right? And, uh, of course, there's always the lovely girls that are the aliens from the Dean Martin show. Because, you know, <laughs> they made it all the way to his house, and uh, they kidnapped Billy Myers and showed him how to dance in space. They danced that space boogie. Space boogie! <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, so that that would be mine, and uh, yeah, Billy Myers and yours, I guess, uh, third face of moon. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not bad. I, th- I I think that's a fair enough answer, you know. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, so who do we uh, got? As, uh, what's our second? Oh. One? All right. What's our next? Lee question? K. Lee K. wants to know, and I wonder what the case is for. Lee K. says, uh, "Do either of you suspect you've been abducted?" Other guy. I don't think I've been abducted. I really don't. Um, I, I, I mean, there are some sleepless nights, but that's for other reasons. But, uh, we really only had sleep paralysis maybe once or twice in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't see any injection points that I don't recognize. I don't walk through metal detectors and set them off at Walmart. Um, nobody you've done it at the airport. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's a different story altogether. Now, isn't that? Yeah, right. that's a fun one, folks. If you ever want to hear that story, just call Go us and ask time. us about that one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, folks, I, I, I am now on the TSA watch list. And if anybody wants to hear dun, about dun, it, dun. yeah, I could tell that story. Yeah, that was a fun, that was a fun, crazy experience for me. Oh my goodness, was that ever fun? It was fun for us too, hearing it. Oh yeah, well, everybody laughed their ass off on it, yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, Sebastian in the, uh, chat room, uh, is, uh, saying that, uh, David Wilcox's forehead is so big it looks photoshopped, and, yes. He, his forehead looks like the Emma Watson Beauty and the Beast doll. Now, to address uh, Lee over here, I don't think I've ever been abducted, uh, but I have uh, had sleep paralysis several times in my life. Uh, more than I could count, actually, it's happened. I, I have had uh, moments where I, I wake up, can't move, feel something or someone in the room with me. I've had uh, even seen things walking in the room. Um, that's happened a yeah, couple times. Yeah, but that's times. paranormal. That's not UFO. Hey, one and the same, my friend. I think it's one and the same. I think it all goes together. Yeah, really we can do. argue that one later. So, yeah, that's that's semantics right there, buddy. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I, I've had that happen to me, whether it's paranormal or ufology or whatever. Uh, I've had that happen several times. So I can't discount that I've been, or, or rule out that I've been abducted. I can't say that I haven't 100%. But I can say this much. I... I I would like to remember an abduction. I would like, you know, even if it's gruesome or whatever. I mean, I'm intact now, so I know, you know, I'm okay. But I just to have the memory of what happened would be, you know, pretty cool. I think, uh, especially knowing that I, I survived whatever experiments they did on me. And well, maybe they erased it because of all the whole anal probing thing. And <laughs> you got probed. You they, that's got maybe why probed. they erase your memory because they're like, yeah, no human wants to remember being anally probed in a, on a spaceship. They don't want to remember that thing. No. So let me have all the memories except for that bad memory. Just erase that portion of the memory. Right. You Next got time, guys. probed. I mean, I, like I said before in the show, they don't have to even abduct me all violently with the, the lasers and the lights and, you know, the walking through walls and, you know, the whole X-Files experience. You don't need none of that. Just knock on my window. Drop me a, a rope ladder. I'll climb up. I'm here for you. Like, I'm here for the experience, guys. I want to take a ride. Like Arbel said, do you want to take a ride? Hell yeah, I want to take a ride. I've been wanting to take a ride for 39 years. So, again, aliens, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. It's like, come right, on, abduct me. Now, let's see. Uh, third question here, the third uh, mailbag uh, poop hole question comes from Larry Jacob. Or Jacob Larry, I can I don't know. Two first names. Uh, it says, uh, You for not, Skywatchers Radio, Paranormal Code, and Jackal's Head. Wow, you busy much, bro? Do you sleep? Well, because uh, this is addressed to me, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no sleep. None. I, uh... I think no, you're sleep. You juggle, you have caffeine, you juggle, you have caffeine. Yeah, pretty much. I, I figure I'll get enough sleep when I die. Uh, you know, then I'll sleep eternally. But until then, I, I want to see what's up. And, uh, you know, you have to stay up to, you know, to be able to see what's going on in the world. And I sleep very little. Very, very little. So the truth, truth of the answer, uh, truth answer there is I sleep very, very little. And, uh, truthfully, uh, I don't regret it because at least I'm informed about everything. You're well informed. You absorb all sorts of information. At least I try. I'm 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 a sponge of information. My brain is the matrix. Yeah. Your brain is the matrix. Yeah, that just sounds really bad. You're all living inside the jackal's head. Remember, just remember that. 
All right, true. You got a point there. <laughs> All right, so there we go. That is uh, for Larry Jacob. Uh, a quick and easy answer, man. No, I don't sleep, bro. No, not at all. Now, uh, I have a question here from a gentleman named Arthur M. Or maybe the M is the first name, and it says for Mary Arthur. I don't know. Uh, by the way, are you vacuuming right now? Because it sounds like you're vacuuming. Nope, not at all. Oh, there's the, air conditioner, the air conditioner is going on in the background because it's hot over here. Yeah, but can you move the microphone away from the air conditioner because it's like... Oh, wait a minute. That's right. I got it. That's right. I got it. Luke, I am your grandfather's hey. uncle. How's, how's that? Is that better? It's a little bit better. I flipped it around so it's facing the other way. Yeah, because, I mean, it sounded like you were on Hoth. I'm just saying. Just I was saying. on Hoth? All right. Yeah. It's Star Wars reference, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's uh, a little bit warmer here than on Hoth. Okay. Now, uh, next question here from Arthur M. or Mary Arthur or whoever the hell this person is. They want to know, why does Jaime Muzan promote such baloney, and they use a, a much dirtier word than that, uh, all the time? Why is it that Jaime Muzan uh, continues to get trapped over and over and over and over and over and over and over again with such nonsense? I love what Rich does where he goes at Jaime Muzan, and I wish more people did the same thing. Um, he is such a scumbag liar, expletive deleted, I'm not going to say that, or that. Um, okay, Arthur, yeah, um, well, why does Jaime Musan promote such, uh, baloney all the time? Because there's money to be made. That's and, right. Uh, where, there's, where there's money, and, uh, you know, he can get himself a little bit more uh, attention, maybe a little bit more fame. That'll bring in more money, and at the end, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about making that green. It's, you know... Let's For a be lot honest. of people in the ufology, you're right. It is about making money, and that's mm-hmm. that pisses me off a little bit because we do this for the education because it's the right thing to do. I mean, Jaime Musang, you know, God bless the little man. I, I, you know, let's be honest. Uh, he has absolutely no experience as being an abductee. Right? He's never been abducted that we know of. Uh, never really witnessed any UFOs or any aliens or stuff that we know of. Right? He's never admitted to any of that stuff uh, that we know of. Uh, but yet, every time something comes up, like uh, now they're they're promoting this uh, supposed alien body that was found, that's uh, mummified, right? Which just happens to look like it was made out of chalk and clay, and they're promoting that as an actual alien. I don't know. By the way, you're breathing heavy. Move the Sorry about that. Nose. Ah, man, you're you're a work in progress since three years in. It's long, <laughs> sorry, long sorry. work in progress, Jesus. Just right. mute yourself if you're ready to talk for the love of God. It's so much easier. By the way, what do you think about that mummified uh, alien thing that they think they found uh, down in Latin America? That is the exact thing I'm talking about with Jaime Musan. Okay, oh, it, that's Jaime Musan's thing? Yes, and it looks like it's made out of chalk and clay. Thank you for following well, up here with what I'm talking about. Good job, other guy. Well, Good. funny as it is, um, a friend of mine who does special effects for movies, like uh-huh. Starship Troopers and the new Starship Troopers coming out, and a couple right, of right. other movies, actually said to me earlier today that he might actually know the person who – he says – I sent him the, the photo of it. And he's like, you know, that looks like my friend's work. Huh. No kidding. No kidding. I was just like, really now? I think it looks like something out of the X-Files. Like, maybe, uh... And I have have an actual scene in mind where that could be from, too. Okay. Remember the one scene, and you probably don't remember, but there's a a scene in one of the seasons, I think it's like one of the last seasons, 
where they're in a, a large train and Mulder's uh, going through this train and he finds a, one of the train, uh, I guess, carts full of like alien-looking bodies that are all mummified. Uh, yeah, I think so. And they all look like this kind of like alien grayish. I mean, think about it. If you have a bunch of these, you're going to create some that are not exactly completely, you know, 100% finished. You just put them in the background, mix them in with other stuff. Right. That's kind of what this looks like. Like, they just put it together to blend in with other more finished, you know, looking aliens. Because it's a quick shot, so you don't really see too much detail of all the bodies that are in there. But that's kind of what it reminded me of. All right, yeah, no, I, I I think I remember that one. Why? Um, you think where th- that's what we're talking about here? I think that's where they got it from. Yeah. Hmm, well, I, I don't know, but I'm asking my friend to look into it and see if he can get me in contact with the guy he thinks might have actually done that. Do that and ask him if he did it for the X Files. Okay, I could do that. Yeah, we'll see if we're both onto something here. So there you go. There's our answers, folks. That's all I got to say about Jaime Musan because, you know, I do what I got to do because this is ufology and because it's the aliens that are telling me to do this and I am just trying to, to The aliens bring are the telling truth. him to do this. Did he, tr- has he I'm actually said that? I'm trying to bring the truth to you. Aliens are telling me through you and through him and through others. I'm just a vessel. That's Jaime Musan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I love him. I love listening. I love watching Jaime Musan videos because he, you know, you know, all jokes aside, he has a passion for this baloney. And uh, even if you know it's BS, you listen to, you know, you watch him on the video, you listen to, you know, him report on something, and even if in your heart of hearts you know this is garbage, it's still fun. Right, it's, you know, some people are just really fun to watch, especially as they crash and burn. Yeah, anyway, moving on. Oh, there we go. Now, the last one, uh, and, and this is uh, a pretty fun one. I know that you're familiar with our good friend, UFO Phil, my good buddy. Yes, very much so. Not like I have a choice, but yeah. Oh, by the way, Rich in the chat room says, uh, Jaime's uh, videos are the bestest. Videos? Did he actually type videos? Yeah, he actually put in videos with a B, like now V with the videos <laughs> are the bestest. <laughs> and he put okay. bestest, by the way, bestest. Bestest. Yes. yes, it is the bestest for you. Bestest yes. for you. Okay. Now, uh, Tommy I here, or Tommy I or Tommy One, I don't know. He says, "Is it me, or does uh, Corey Good's Blue Avians remind you of, of UFO Phil and Zaxxon?" Ding, 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 ding. What do we have for him, Johnny? A brand new absolutely nothing. Congratulations, you hit the nail on the head. It's a Tommy, search for cash. Let me tell you something, buddy boy. You've hit it right on the head. That's right. And uh, I've, I've actually, I think I said this on a, on a show. No, I don't remember what show it was because I do so many shows other guy. But I said this on a show not long ago where this reminded me of uh, of UFO Phil and his blue alien, uh, Zaxxon. And, of course, UFO Phil and Zaxxon are the only legit He wasn't a blue, blue alien. He was an overgrown smurf. Right. How about no, so, other guy? How about no? Do you want okay. to sound like a good answer? No. Listen to me. 
Right. We know that Zaxxon is the only legit blue alien, wink, wink, because UFO Phil is the only legit contactee to no blue aliens, wink, wink. And, uh, yeah, you know what, uh, Tommy, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you. This, uh, blue avian, uh, stuff from Corey Good. See, yeah, it sounds like he's ripping off UFO Phil, and I think UFO Phil should sue Corey Good. And should, uh, sue David Wilcock. And his five foreheads. I mean, do it. They're stealing your material with the Blue Avian stuff. Now, if I was a lawyer, I think I think I would say, UFO Phil, put your boots on, get to marching, get to walking, go into your local uh, police, you know, police uh, place, and uh, and demand you speak to the captain of the police department there and. And our Princeton, I should say, and demand to speak to the captain of the Princeton and uh, tell him listen. Or uh, maybe I should do it in his voice. No, I can't really do UFO Phil's voices; too unique. But you should say, listen. I have to talk to you guys about somebody who's stealing my identity and he's stealing my shtick, my material. His name is Corey Good. Now I do find it funny that. You know, a lot of the stuff that Corey Good talks about, you could actually uh, point at certain individuals and you follow you and say, it kind of reminds me of this guy or that guy. But to say that it reminds you of UFO Phil, by God, I've been saying that for a long time. Well, these things happen. And I'm just happy somebody else is saying it right along with me. It's a beautiful thing. So, other guy, anything you want to add to uh, yeah. that? Uh, besides, um, the heavy, besides the heavy breathing, by the way. Besides the heavy breathing, no, except yes. for like, I, you know, you're right, and I want to say more, but I need to choose my language rather carefully, so I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Good job. Once again, giving us a dead Sorry, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it, you know, it's like yes, I you want are. to say more, but I got to totally. choose not to. Because I have to be the neutral good guy eventually when fights break out in the UFO community. Let me tell you something. The one thing that folks uh, like about you the most is when you are not the good guy. Okay, I will try and get vicious on the next blast from the a-hole. How about that? Well, you do that. All right, I got one last blast from the a-hole, and this comes from a uh, person by the name of Jimmy Iveen. Okay. Yeah, it sounds awfully familiar, but he wants to know, uh, he says here, uh, Angel, I know you're a big Tupac fan and a big hip-hop fan, and uh, I wanted to see the movie about Tupac. I'm pretty sure you saw it by now. Do you think any there's any chance of Tupac or people like him, like uh, Jim Morris out of the doors or Elvis Presley, do you think there's any chance of any of these guys being messiahs sent from aliens to change the culture of the world? Well, that's an interesting My question. answer is no. They just were lucky and got a good break in the music industry. Plain and simple. Okay, because there are talent scouts out there. There was no magic that happened that made them who they are. And they had real talent. Oh, I don't know. Have you seen All Eyes on Me? No, I have not seen it yet. There's magic in that movie. It's a great film. I'm not arguing that it's a great film. There's no denying it's a great film. My whole thing is is that do you really think that there was divine intervention with him? Well, why not him and why yes, Jesus? 
Oh, wait a second, you're Jewish, never mind. Yeah, gotcha, yeah. <laughs> Yay, I pulled that one out of the, out of nowhere. You saw that, guys. Anyway, guys, we're going to go on a quick commercial break here in a, in a couple minutes, but uh, uh, that's the last uh, a-hole question that I do have. We should get and someone to call in. Someone in the chat room call in and argue with us. We're looking for well, a fight. Come on. He, he's always looking for a fight, but I, I'll, I'll leave it at this. I'll say this much, Mr. Iveen. Um, I think it's possible one day maybe somebody will come to Earth and uh, it might be sent by either a high deity that created the entire cosmos. Highly, you know, highly doubt that, but or maybe by aliens. Doubt that either. But or maybe somebody who's spiritually enlightened. Really doubt that. But you never know. Let's just keep an open mind. Uh, you know, if out of all these cats uh, you want to say highly enlightened, listen, I love Tupac's music and I, I admire the man's work ethic and the stuff he did, but, uh, you know, he wasn't exactly living a very great life for a deity or a messiah figure, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, stuff happened to him for a reason. Uh, you say the same thing about all these other cats in the music industry who died suddenly and, you know, died before their time. Suddenly and horribly. And way before their time. Way before their time. Um, you know, and the same, look, the same can go for Jesus and every other Messiah figure. I really don't think, and, and uh, you know, I really doubt that if there is a, a an all, you know, great God that created the cosmos, created the heavens, the earth, the universe, all the galaxies, I really highly doubt that he is pinpointing on earth so much so that he's going to send like his only begotten son to some virgin in the middle of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. To die for sins, you know, for no reason. You know, no the vir- the, you know it and I know it, the Virgin Mary hooked up with some guy. It might have been one of the three wise men, who knows. Uh, but, you know, the, she ended up on Maury, and Maury said, you are the father to him. So, you know, that's how it all ended out. The only thing that sounds legit about that is that Maury really is that old. He really <laughs> old man. That I can't Maury. believe he... I, I, I can't believe he ended up marrying Connie Chung. Well, I mean, at one point she was kind of semi-attractive, sort of, kind of, maybe. She was almost hot at some point. Almost. Right, I mean, you know, age catches up to you, man, and more yeah, than ever to her. <laughs> mm. Well, these things happen. All right, so uh, anybody going to call in and no, uh, no, no, they're going to wait till no. they're going to wait till we get our guest on because there's only a couple minutes left. It's really not even you know worth it. We're going to go to break in two minutes. Uh, we're right. going to get uh, UFO Jim on the line with us in a couple minutes. I'm actually really looking forward to, to talking to him because you know I, I love hearing everybody's perspective on ufology and listening to everybody's ideas of what is ufology and why is that we are involved. Uh, in it for ourselves, what attracted us to ufology. This man's been doing this research for, you know, 50 years, half a century, guys. Decades, decades. Yeah, many, many decades. And, uh, you know, we've, we're novice at this. We've only been at this for, what, a decade, you know, maybe, you and I? Yeah, uh, a little bit under right. that. Yeah, so, I mean, we're still kind of like learning. We're in baby mode right now, learning what we're doing and, and giving you, the audience, our perspective, but this man has, I'm sure, much you know wider perspective than what we have because he's seen it all. 
been around it all, researched most of it all, and, uh, uh, you know, picking the brain of somebody like that within the uh, UFO community is always a lot of fun to do. And uh, I don't think he's promoting any hoaxes that I'm aware of. Uh, I've looked at a lot of his stuff, and he seems very, very, very legit. So I, uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun talking to this gentleman. So, other guy, are you ready to go on break so we can get our guest on in a couple minutes? Yes, I am. Let's get him on. Let's get him on. Let's get on break. And enjoy the commercial spots you're about to hear, folks. Yes, indeedy. Tim Branham's Enemy, one of my favorite tracks ever is going to play right now. This is uh, a hell of a jam. Here we go, guys. We'll be right back with UFO Jim on Skywatchers Radio. anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or no holy <laughs> that was the yeah. 10 seconds of uh, no what are you that tra- was so convincing yeah. what are you trying to say there well UFO is an innocuous term that's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard an identified flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files Friday nights at 11pm Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 
954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Welcome back to Skywatchers Radio Live on PSN-Radio.com. As always, open lines for our interviews. If you guys want to call in and ask UFO Jim anything, by all means, please do so. The lines are 786-245-8127. Again, that's 786-245-8127. And, you know, just uh, to let you guys know, soon we're going to be investing in that 800 number because I understand that, uh, you know, long distance is still kind of a problem for somebody in in Montana somewhere. I don't know, but it really isn't a problem. If you have a cell phone, you can call right in. And uh, if you guys want to Skype in, you can look up uh, Skywatchers Radio or PSN Radio on Skype, and you'll find us immediately on there. And uh, just hop right in. We'd love to uh, hear from you. And I know my guest tonight, UFO Jim, would love to take your questions. So, UFO Jim, without any further ado, thank you so much for being on here with us and, uh, th- you know, taking your time uh, tonight to uh, spend with us here on Skywatchers Radio. It is just a great pleasure to have you on the show with me. Well, first of all, Angel, thank you so much for having me on the show with you. And just to let you know, my first, my first priority is humanity. My first priority thank you. is humanity. Thank you. And you know what? I, I appreciate you say that, and I actually love that you say that, because that's actually uh, my number one target here also is to you know not only educate humanity, but to also embrace and bring people together. And humanity is always the key factor here. And I think we forget that in the world of ufology. Everybody's you know so caught up in trying to make money before sure. you know putting humans humans first. And uh, by the way, guys, I have not forgot the other guy. Uh, the reason I didn't mention him is because he actually had to leave the show for the remaining hour. He had a, a little bit of an issue with his stepdaughter and uh he had to step away, probably take her to the hospital, so our thoughts are with her, who's uh, been running a little bit of a fever. Uh, so he's going to be on for the rest of the show. So it's just myself and UFO Jim. And, uh, you know, Jim, for the audience who might not know fully your story, and you've been around for 50 years, give us a little bit of a recap of the beginning of your discovery into ufology and what actually got you uh, to fall in love with the show. Because I love ufology. I'll tell you, you know, we, we joke around a, a lot on the show, as you heard earlier. We, we know we like to keep yeah. it fun and light. But at the end of the day, when you listen back to our archives and you get to the actual interviews, you're going to notice that it's like it's like a yin-yang effect. You know, we get not so much, you know, dark and serious, but, you know, it is a subject that we take serious and we love and, res- and respect and we want to get to the bottom of and get, you know, some of the nonsense out of the way. But uh, what got you to fall in love with this field that you've been researching so long? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention what got me into it in the beginning, I think, for both of us and the audience that we don't har- belabor the subject too long. Though I'll talk about it, but we've got so many things. I do have a disclosure you will get on this program, probably first time worldwide. You're going to hear it here. And cool. Yeah, oh yeah. We're going to have nice. some, we're going to have some fun too. We're going to have some fun. What got me into it originally? Well, I'm I'm an experience. I, I always hate that word experiencer. Uh, I want to say what I really am. I'm a duckie. I didn't volunteer to go. But I was taken, like my father was probably taken, and I was mm. taken at the age of around two or three years old, and uh, my implant is in my upper ear, and I believe, I believe, 
Uh, we are going to be scanning that in about another two months. But that being said, so that got me into the subject, and I was just always really, really just into the subject matter from, you know, three, four years old all the way up to wow. now, and I'm way older than that. <laughs> so Wow. You know, it's funny because I mentioned in the first hour that I, I can't rule out the fact that, you know, I have or haven't been abducted myself because I've had, uh, you know, a couple sightings as a kid and I, I did a lot of sky watching and I've seen certain things during my sky watches and I've had, uh, multiple instances of, uh, of, uh, you know, sleeping, having the sleep paralysis happen yes, to I me heard. And, yeah. and, and feeling like there's something or someone in the room with me and you know, I can't discount that and it, it really with me it all started as a kid in California I was maybe like five years old six years old uh, when I first had my first sighting as, as a child with a friend of mine and it always sticks with you doesn't it like you know that very first moment uh, that just you know gets your imagination going and I, you know I've always wondered if maybe what I saw was really you know extraterrestrial and I've been followed or, or tagged so to speak but yeah. uh you know, when did you discover that you had a possible implant on you? Well, you, you, being in the genre, I mean, investigating, researching, et cetera, and so forth, it, I, it was kind of like two and two was four. Uh, I didn't really realize it. I, from my, this part of my ear, it kept was like itching. And then from time to time, I would have a little blood. Um, but not often, hmm. not often. And uh, most of my life, I would say... 95% of it, I really have no recollection. I do have recollection what happened around four years ago where I had uh, two EBs, two beings uh, in uh, our hallway in Sonoma, California, and uh, it was around 2.30 in the morning, and I don't, I don't sleepwalk, and I was walking, uh, just aimlessly walking towards the front door of our home because I think because we're controlled I, I, I believe we're being controlled by them, the ones that they want to deal, the ones of us they want to deal with, right. uh, telepathically. And so they basically probably didn't want to come through the wall or through the window or through the roof. So they said, you know, get up, Jim, get your butt outside and we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll just pick you up on the front lawn, that kind of thing. Yeah, let me ask you, let me stop, stop you right there and ask you about the telepathic, uh, you know, connection that they had yes. with you when they spoke to you telepathically. Yes. Uh, do you think that they have their own, uh, language that they speak fluently, like we speak English normally, but the telepath that they use to, to communicate with you is because they can't speak in our language, so they use that as a form to communicate, like a device? Or do you think it's just, this is the way they speak to each other as well? I, I, I think they telepathically speak to us, uh, I would I would think English, but I don't know what that what it's thoughts that you have in your head. You don't right. hear you don't hear a conversation. You right. just think things. You know. Well, I mean, I've heard I've heard folks from other countries, uh, you know, like Asians who have been abducted, uh, and they've said that they hear it in their language also when they they're spoken to, and it's telepathic as well. Right. Well, my my niece, my great niece, who lives in China, uh, she's uh, there three, you go. three and a half years old. She speaks fluent Cantonese and English. And I okay. asked her two months ago, at three and a half, I asked her in perfect English, she responded too. I said, Bella, what language do you think in? And she looked at me and she said, both. So I, I'm not sure exactly, uh, whether it's the language of the person or the individual of the earthling. 
I'm not right. sure. I'm not sure. This, but it's it's really really interesting because they communicate. They do communicate. I, I mean, it'll make sense if they have some kind of a device or some kind of a way to communicate with everybody in their own language. Uh, because I mean, I've talked to folks. Uh, when I was at Mufon actually this past year in Orlando, yes, um, we interviewed a few folks from South America and. Uh, you know, they said that the aliens they came in contact with spoke to them in Spanish, but it also was telepathically. It wasn't like, you know, they verbally spoke to them. Correct. And uh, what I'm thinking is, you know, it's kind of like like Star Trek has a communicator device that they all have implanted in them. Yes. Uh, so they can all hear universally English. I think that's kind of like what happens here where they can speak universal languages as they've been able to keep data or records of what the language is and they're able to... Up- you know, upload it to the whatever you know system or internet they use or whatever they use, uh, whatever devices they use. Uh, but that's interesting because I mean, if not, if it's not something that they created like a technology, then that means that these beings are really highly, highly evolved. If they can just communicate with everybody in their language here on a different planet altogether, because I mean, I would understand their telepath, uh, you know, working on their planet with themselves, but to go to another world and be able to, to adapt the language and speak their language, you know, in this form. Uh, that's, I mean, that we're talking about some highly, highly evolved beings. Absolutely. And actually, we can take it a step further. And I don't want to race ahead here, but uh, one of the things I really like is one of the programs I do in my lecture series is Hollywood and UFOs. And I saw that, yes. Yeah, yeah I'm going to tell you, there is so much, there is so much out there. You know, the, the film industry has long collaborated with a government disinformation campaign about UFOs shaping yep. and controlling knowledge about mm-hmm. about documented UFO activity. I mean, it's it's really 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 interesting. And my feeling is that uh, ET, there are multi species I believe that are engaging planet Earth, not just one. But the ones right. that are doing the abduction, the ones, the ones that are probably prevalent here on planet Earth and are part of the program and are doing the program, they don't want to be outed. They don't want to land on the White House lawn. It's not going to happen because they want to do what they want to do. And I'm afraid we, disclosure uh, is a long, long, long ways away. It's a, it's a long shot. I mean, you've done a lot of work with Steve Bassett, and you know, I yes. love Steve, and he's he's been on the show, you know, countless times. In fact, he's one of my favorite human beings yes. uh, on the planet. And the reason I say that is because nobody has worked harder in ufology, whether you think he's, you know, wasting his time or whether you think he's going to get somewhere. But nobody, I think, has worked harder at trying to get the government to give us disclosure than Steve Bassett. And God bless his soul, I think he he really puts himself out there. But I just don't think we're going to get disclosure personally. And, and I unfortunately totally agree. I love Steve Bassett. He's a close personal friend of mine. And whenever we're on a panel or something together, <laughs> you know, we got these two different ways of doing it. His is, you know, the government's going to do something. Now, I will tell you this, that uh, he's right if the right thing was said at the right place. And that reminds right. me of a film. I hope you're going to be ready for this because I'm going to rock it a little bit here. Okay, uh, okay. okay? Um, there was a film that was made in 19... Actually, it was a film made for TV, and it was called Intruders. By the way, okay. you can go to that. YouTube and you can see the film. It's long It's a, because it's, it was in three parts. They put it together for YouTube, and it's like almost three hours. They had a, They had 
a part of the film in Intruders where uh, the gentleman, one of the people that was advisor on the film was uh, John, Dr. John Mack. And mm -hmm. also uh, there was uh, Bud Hopkins. And also there was a, a person that's very alive today in Hollywood named Tracy Torme, who wrote the screenplay. Yes, love so, Tracy Torme's yeah. work. And if you can go, you can see Intruders. But there is a part of that film where th there's a general, whether it was supposed to be Nathan Twining or Hoyt Vandenberg or whomever, and it was supposed to be Dr. John Mack. And they were trying to recruit Dr. John Mack because he was at Harvard and uh, he and they wanted him on on the government team, and so they try to solicit him to be on the team. And so uh, Dr. Mack, which is played by the actor Richard Crenna, um, that he is reluctant and saying no. People need to know, and so the general says, "Doctor," he said, "Should the president of the United States go on national television and say?" Listen to this, everybody. Listen to this. My fellow Americans, we have evidence of a superior race or races who have visited our planet. They come from God knows where, maybe outer space or from some other dimension of existence. They are abducting our citizens on a regular basis. They are conducting experiments on them collecting specimens of our ova, our sperm. They've been impregnating women and then invading those women's bodies again and stealing the unborn fetuses for reasons we can only imagine. That, to me, is disclosure. That, that's a, go yeah, ahead. That's about it. Yeah, that, that's a, you're absolutely right. That's as close as disclosure as we ever can get. Like that. that that is, and that's mm -hmm. what we need. If we're going to do it that way, but I'm afraid it's not going to even be that way. I think it's going to be diff a different way. I think something's going to happen. I think something's going to happen. And I w I did a lecture on Saturday for Sacramento MUFON, uh, Sacramento, California, the MUFON chapter, mm -hmm. and um, I was standing in front of him. I scared the poop out of him when I did this, but I <laughs> I just I just said I won't do it loud right now. But I basically, I said, um, what's going to happen is it'll have to be something that goes, and I screamed out, ah! just like that. And I didn't realize that a couple <laughs> had a baby about two months old. And they, were sitting, they were sitting behind kind of behind me. I didn't see them. The baby, I startled the baby. I mean, this, the baby was just screaming. And I said, I looked out at the audience and I said, oops, that's where, that's where, <laughs> and I pointed out to, we were in a, in a banquet room and there, were, and there was a restaurant connected with a clear glass between the two rooms. And I pointed out there to them and I said, humanity, 99.9999999% of this earth, that's going to be their reaction. And something is going to happen, whether it's mass sighting, whether it's some kind of uh, two craft colliding over Manhattan and everybody's got a cell phone or something along those lines. But I'm afraid that's the way it has to be. And for Stephen Bassett, I wish it was done. The I wish the president came to the podium and said something like this versus there may be something going on because some presidents 
know very little, and some presidents know a lot more. But mm. none of them, none of them know all. They don't know all because they can't. They're only there for four or eight years, generally. <laughs> Do you think they're telling uh, Trump anything? I think, I, think when, when, I think when he got his briefing, it was brief. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I Mr. Love, Trump. I would love for Donald, uh, Mr. President, Mr. President, <laughs> you know, have a mood, throw a little tantrum, and just say ET's here. Okay? <laughs> you know, I, here's, here's the thing. I think they would never tell Donald anything because I think he would blurt it out on a tweet. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, Twitter would be exploding with the, he admitted there's aliens, oh my god! Right. Well, actually, that would be fabulous, but it's it would, probably, yes. it's not going. It's not going to happen. Can you imagine if that's the way disclosure happens on a tweet by the president? <laughs> well, we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't. I, I'll take it any way we can get it. I mean, Twitter would never go away if that's the point, because that would be the avenue chosen to give disclosure to the world through Twitter. That's correct. That's correct. But that would be an amazing scene for them. Uh, that would be incredible. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, talking to Stephen uh, Bassett a few months ago before the election um, took place, we were discussing of, uh, you know, if Hillary won, uh, the fact that Podesta is part of her cabinet and Podesta is helping uh, with, uh, you know, moving forward with some of the disclosures because he's really interested in, mm-hmm. in putting out there what the government knows. Um, do you think any of that played a part, uh, you know, just from your research, in uh, what happened with the uh, the national uh, with the Democratic you know national convention where would I mean the entire uh, thing looked like it was rigged for Hillary to to take this in the landslide and all of a sudden Donald wins. You think it was because they're trying to suppress what maybe they were trying to do? I I don't think so. I mean, you're not trying to relate that to. Are you relating it to the UFO issue? Yeah, because you know Podesta, John Podesta, who was working with Hillary. Oh, I know. And Hillary, I know. Are, they're they're very interested in the UFO subject. And talking to Stephen, Stephen was very adamant that he thought that once she won, that they were going to push this uh, this envelope forward and, and get disclosure immediately to the public. And uh, it hit me as soon as uh, you know he said that. I was like, well, then there's no chance of her winning. <laughs> well, it kind of at all. Out. It worked out that way. Uh, yeah. The, rea- the reality is, there wasn't much there. She was on. Was it the Kimmel Show? And she's right. saying, we're going to get it to the bottom of Area 51. Look, I can tell you, I've been arrested out at Area 51. I'm not proud of it. And all the folks out at Area 51 who know me, because I'm on every computer that, you know, keeps records of these things. Um, it's, it's there. And, and there's, but it's not just Area 51. It's an area called, as you know very well, S4. That's where Correct. the, yep. that's where yep. the goods are. The goods that we're interested in. Now, do you think Roswell happened? Do you think that was a legit event? Oh, absolutely. Oh, really? oh, absolutely. There's so much about Roswell. First of all, now we're on the 70th anniversary. Mm-hmm. The 70th anniversary. Hey, guys, that's my age. 70, <laughs> 70 years. And what do we do? The best we got was 20 years ago. We got Colonel John Haynes having a press conference. By the way, you can see this on YouTube. I love YouTube. There's a lot of crap on it, but there's a lot of yep. good stuff on it, too. And mm-hmm. so if you go to Colonel John Haynes, the 50th anniversary of Roswell, I mean, he's talking about cases closed. It's all over. Oh, the bodies that everybody got to see, they were crash test dummies. But then, but the, the re, but we had reporters in the audience at this news conference. A couple, <laughs> a couple of reporters from CNN said, yeah, but uh, Colonel Haynes, well, what we don't understand is, Crash test dummies weren't invented till 1953. <laughs> and what you're talking yeah. about is 1947. 
So the poor Colonel, I kind of really felt bad for him. I mean, he's probably retired now, but he probably wouldn't want to speak to us. But anyway, uh, the, the poor Colonel said, well, what we got here is people get mixed up and they get time compression. Time compression. So in other words, right. Roswell, people in Roswell lost six years because they got a little messed up. And then the Colonel went on to say, it's a really interesting interview because this was the, they were trying to close it. Case closed. Right, it's right, over. Right. Don't ask us anymore. Case closed. But the reality is that they basically, you know, just stonewalled with phony information. They said, oh, bodies. Oh, there was a crash in 1956 that, that there were, uh, we lost seven or ten airmen that died on a plane crash. Okay. Then there was okay. another plane crash in 1959. And that was just a crash of a plane, but no bodies. <coughs> Excuse me. So what they're saying is, in 1947, but no, maybe it was 1956, or it was 1959. Come on. Get a grip. What are you... I mean, I guess we're really naive. I mean, we're listening to this, and the time compression, and the poor colonel, he was so nervous. He says, my knee... <laughs> you can see it. My knees are shaking, he says. And he says, read the book. You know, case closed. No, that was a real event. And there are people that have come forward uh, and some on camera, on even on YouTube, that said, no, this, this was a craft. Or cra I think it was one craft that crashed, took off again, and then finally came to rest. And that's when it broke apart. But people talk. Yeah, there's, there's theories there were, there were two crafts that crashed the rock. Maybe. What do you think and, of that? I mean. Right. And supposedly, according to witnesses, there was one craft and four bodies. And we had a very interesting thing happen in Roswell on July 8th. Now let me share something with you that I think almost no one knows. July 8th was when okay. the press release was done. And that was done, that was prepared, that was delivered by Lieutenant Walter Howe, who was the public information officer for the 509th Bomber Group at Roswell Correct. Army Airfield. Okay. That was dictated to him as as the lieutenant said on, you can see him on YouTube, by Colonel Blanchard, dictated the press release to him. And he copied it down verbatim and then went off to the two radio stations and the two newspapers. One of those newspapers is the Roswell Daily Record. And that interesting situation was um, the grandchildren, of the owners of the Rosmill Daily Record were at um, the UFO Congress in February of this year in Fountain Hills, Arizona. It's a big event. And these grandkids were selling the front page of the Roswell Daily Record oh, wow. for July 8th and July 9th, two days. July 8th, we got, we got a flying disc. July 9th, no, right. weather balloon. Okay. Right. At the bottom of the front page, and this is interesting. I'm talking to these kids. I mean, I wasn't talking to them 20 years ago. This is three months ago. I'm talking to them, and some guy comes walking up and says, have you looked at the bottom of July 9th front page of the Roswell Daily Record? And we took it out. We looked at it. At the bottom, it says, 
Hatch visits president. It says Washington, July 9th, AP. Senator Carl A. Hatch, Democrat, mm-hmm. New Mexico, paid President Truman a call at the White House today. He said afterward it was just a personal visit. Holy cow. Right. Think it. July 9th. And that was probably, the visit was probably earlier than that. It may have been the late afternoon of July 8th after the, the, you know, the, the press release was done. Right. And probably what happened is, uh, Senator Hatch was in DC and I guess the Pentagon said to the president, you got to get this guy in here. He's going to have his constituency all over him. And by the way, Stephen Bassett was the one that picked up on the constituency thing. I thought that he went in because they were going to all reconnoiter together and figure out what to do. But uh, Stephen Bassett said to me about a month ago that he believes that uh, Hatch was summoned to the White House. And they were talking about talk. They talked to him about how to handle uh, the public or the press or whoever he's talking to. So that may not be a big deal, but that's a very big deal. And but here's a bigger deal. The gentleman who put out the press release, Colonel Butch Blanchard, that's William H. Butch Blanchard, took a three-week vacation, and he left on July 8th. Hello? (laughs) (laughs) He left on July 8th. Look at the Google. You can see it's on the Internet. I got no no secret here. I'll give you something fun later, which is really fun. I will give you that probably no one. Like, let's put the dots in the, just put the dots together in it. The dots together is it's easy. so obvious. Yeah, it's so obvious <laughs> it was an absolute out and out cover. So they they eat either one of two things. One, they just wanted to get him out of the way. And then they say, What are you got such a big mouth? Why do you right. do this? Uh I've heard fifteen different other things that it was all planned. He was managing the uh recovery of the material from the crash site. But the reality was the next day on the 9th, he was in Albuquerque, New Mexico, working with the governor of New Mexico for Air Force Day. I mean, so he was busy. I mean, I mean, some reports say he was at the site. And anyway, ba-bam, ba-beam, ba-boom. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the reality was, and the guy goes away for three weeks, three weeks. He was in uh, Colorado. Uh, and this is on the Internet. This is not any, any secret that I'm letting out. It's all over the place. But very few people follow the evidence. And I mean, just investigating what happened with Colonel Blanchard, I think unto itself, is absolutely, absolutely amazing. You know, I have no doubt that Roswell was a real event. What do you think happened to the bodies eventually, though, that were recovered? Well, I would think that they're probably either at 51 now at S4, or they're at Wright-Patterson, or maybe... Sandia Lab or something like that. But I mean, do you think they're on ice or uh, in jars somewhere? I mean, yeah, probably, keep... probably. But we've got more than two or three. I mean, so I, I'm not sh- I mean, I don't think they just buried them. I mean, they may have returned some of them because, mm. you know, there was an exchange program done in 1965. Right, I've heard about that, yeah. The journey to uh, the Project Serpo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, but here's the thing. If it can be categorically proved that the Roswell crash did happen, then a cascading series of remarkable possibilities would become certainties. Right. Right? First, it would mean that there's intelligent life 
on other planets with Correct. technology greater than ours. Answers that main question, yep. Right. Then, the 70-year cover-up would imply the existence of a shadow government that continues in power from administration to administration. Otherwise, how could the fraud continue to be perpetrated so expertly? And that's exactly why they will never tell us the truth about Roswell. You're right. This, in turn, means that our democracy is an illusion. Completely. That we really live in some oligarchy. Mm -hmm. Then it would mean that we have most certainly gained extraordinary knowledge about our place in the universe that has not been shared with the public and that could possibly revolutionize our life here on Earth. Very possibly, this knowledge could solve all our energy problems. Uh, this would be, this all would be colossal, these all will be colossal developments and they all hinge on the reality of Roswell. That's why Roswell's important. I'm going to put the devil's advocate for one split second here. Oh. And the reason I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say what I'm going to say is because it, it's the only reason why I would think the government would keep it a secret this long, Jim. And hear me out here. What? You're absolutely right that some of this technology could give us free energy, could give us all kinds of amazing, you know, things that we don't have at this moment. But what if Roswell happened? They recovered the technology. They recovered the crafts. It's, it's happened before. It's happened after. But they can't make it work. And their best scientists on this planet, can, they've been trying for decades, and they just cannot make this technology come to life. They cannot make it work. They just it keeps, uh, you know, it's a head scratcher for them, and they just can't figure it out. And what if this is the reason why? Because if, you know, they don't have anything working that they can actually showcase, you know, maybe the little tiny things that they figured out here and there over the years they've put out, like fiber optics, right? you know, stuff like that, right. tiny you know, muscles of, of things that they've been able to figure out, like the microchip, maybe, yes. uh, mic microwave technology, perhaps. You know, little finite things that, that we've been able to use now in our greater society. But the hardcore stuff, yeah, I still can't figure it out. Because, again, remember, this is alien technology, Jim. So, I mean, that would be, I think, a reason why to keep it covered up. Because, you know, if you don't have the entire kit and caboodle ready to go to do, you know, to do all these, you know, different things, why open yourself up as a government? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, keep it quiet until you have everything figured out. Yeah. Well, that's possible, but I think we've, we've gotten a lot of it figured out. Maybe not all of it. Plus the fact we've gotten technology from some of the civilizations that are engaging planet Earth, some of the species that are engaging us and visiting us and doing things with us, and uh, and even like Project Serpo. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of technology that was shared. But the reality is um, what we do have, we want to keep. I mean, there there's supposedly a secret space program. I think right. supposedly on the moon and on Mars. Right. We're already there. But the rest of us are totally dumbed down, and we accept it because what else are we going to do? We're just trying to make it work. We're trying to make a living. We're trying to pay our taxes. We're trying to have a life. We're trying to have a family. It's very hard to spend, you know, most of your life chasing this possible situation, you know, this possible scenario uh, right. of extraterrestrials, et cetera, and so forth. But it's always fun to discuss on radio. <laughs> well, it is, and, and it's even more than that, because, for instance, uh, if people were to know about the film industry 
and the government's involvement with, uh, with the film industry and some of the films. And I do one program called, as I mentioned earlier, Hollywood and UFOs. Mm-hmm. And there's films and I'm going to name one or two of them. And I, I, you know, would like to let your audience have the opportunity at their, le- their leisure after the program or some other day and see these films because these films I'm going to mention are on YouTube. You can see them. One was made in 1956. It was called Unidentified Flying Objects, The True Story of Flying Saucers. Oh, my God. It's a straightaway disclosure film. It's a straightaway. Right. And, yeah, it's part Hollywood but part government. I am telling you, this is a disclosure film. This is made in 1956. You have a pilot by the name of Captain Willis Sperry. Captain Willis Sperry had an encounter with a UFO, a dramatic encounter, and they have him in an American Airlines uniform in front of American Airlines aircraft, in front of an American Airlines hangar. You haven't had anybody in a major airline in uniform talking about a UFO encounter uh, since. And this was done in like 1955 or 1956. Wow, that is amazing. I know. Then there's another yeah. film, another film, great film, called UFOs, It Has Begun. And this is a, uh, UFOs has been made in 1979. And, uh, your host is Rod Serling, famous for the Twilight mm, Zone. Yes. Rod Serling was the, was the narrator. And basically, um, he starts out with the film and talks about, and I, we want to thank NASA and the Department of Defense for the making of this film. Really? <laughs> really? And then it opens with Colonel Coleman in the hallways of the Pentagon. He's in the Pentagon. He's got his UFO <laughs> disclosure film and he's walking in the halls of the Pentagon. Excuse me. <laughs> so here are things. How much more in your face do you need it to be, really? <laughs> well, but the thing is, as I'll get back, I got back, as we just talked about a few minutes ago, the reality is it's kind of hard. What's real, what's not real. Well, you know, I've been doing this for over 50 years, and you've been doing it for 10 years. And right. the reality is, you know, we spend a lot of time in this, so we know a lot more than the average person. And when I was lecturing and working with film festivals and this, that, and the other thing, I mean, I, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I, they all thought I wasn't, wasn't wrapped very tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what most people th- say about me. Uh, really? Yeah, days. and, I, and I, I just, I just, Keep moving After forward. you heard that first hour, I'm pretty sure you agree with him. Just no, that was that was that was fun. It was almost like a comedy hour, actually. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, so I think that there's all these kind of things, and so I, I can give you this quote unquote disclosure right now. You, why have everyone wait for this? They can right. get it right now. So here's the deal: most Americans are content to accept Hollywood's message. Very few ever conduct any research to determine the truth. That statement was made by Paul Barry, former CIA entertainment liaisons office. Okay, so here's the good one. You got a pencil or pen handy, you're going to like this one. Pentagon's, the Pentagon's Los Angeles Public Affairs Office Entertainment Liaisons, which is located at 10880 Wilshire Boulevard, Suite 1240, Los Angeles, 90024. Check this one out. The phone number, 
7511. You can call it if you want to call it. Uh, wow. Now, uh, by the way, this comes from a book, and I want to give the credit to the man that came up with this information, and that's Robbie Graham with the great, great, totally encourage you to get the book, Silver Screen Saucers. It is really, really good. I mean, he's got all kinds of fabulous, fabulous information in it. And Silver Screen Saucers. I'm check Silver out Screen Saucers. It's about 15, 16 on Amazon. Nice. You know, not so bad. And then there's another book that just came out, and it's called It Never Happened uh, by Captain David Schindel, Volume 1, which means he's writing another book, U.S. Mm-hmm. Air Force UFO Cover-Up. Basically, it's about Roswell. I've read three quarters of the book so far, and it's definitely mostly about Roswell and Project Sign and Project Grudge. And I don't know if you guys are very familiar with those two things, but they were government projects and mm-hmm. projects. Yeah, Project Sign didn't it come out with the. It had an, the estimate of the situation, and basically, the problem with Project Sign, which was started in 1948, right after Roswell. Uh, was that they had investigators working on UFOs, investigating UFOs, but yet there's another group that were part of the cover-up of Roswell. So there's a problem. We've got a conflict. You're trying to hide Roswell, but then other people in the same government are trying to uncover UFOs. So they come up with, right. this, they come up with this report called the estimate of the, of the, the estimate of the situation. And, uh, what happened was General Hoyt Vandenberg of Vandenberg Air Force Base, uh, Hoyt Vandenberg killed the program and Project Sign became Project Grudge. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. That's I mean, right, yeah. Grudge was more of a disinformation thing. Mm-hmm. But Sign was right on. Sign was right on. And the conclusion was the estimate of the situation. UFOs were uh, interplanetary. But that was that was the conclusion. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? Uh, we've talked about that as well. Uh, undersea objects, uh, possible uh, pockets within the Earth that uh, these things are habitated in and are uh, thriving in and are you know right from under us. Uh, you know that that's very very possible, and it would make a lot more sense than beings coming from like another galaxy light years away. Correct. Correct. But I think for also I recommend for, for the listeners, if you get a chance, mm-hmm. uh, well, I don't know if you remember in the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Spielberg yes. had Project Serpo in there, basically. Yep. That yep. was 12 astronauts that were exchanged for one EB, one extraterrestrial biological entity, from right. uh, EBEN, and that was in the Zeta Reticular Star System, 39 light years away. Mm. And they left the planet in 1965. <coughs> Excuse me. They came back in 1978. And uh, the film was released in 1977. So somebody, and uh, I'll tell you a great Jacques Vallée story. You've heard of Jacques Vallée, I would think. Of course. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Definitely. So I got, to, I got to out Jacques Vallée with his permission. About okay. a, year, a year and a half ago, I was at a, a, a conference he was giving or a, a lecture, and he doesn't talk about UFOs anymore, right. but, which is another story, but we won't get into that story. And so we're doing this. We had dinner together before he went on, went on stage. 
And so I said, so you really seem like you were one of the advisors on the film Close Encounters of the Third Kind, along with Dr. J. Allen Hynek. And um, Lacombe, um, played by Francois Truffaut, the French actor, mm-hmm. was right. you. It was you. And he looked at me and goes, we oui, wait. Oui. It was. <laughs> and I said, okay, so we're going to go into this room in front of a couple of hundred people, and I'm going to out you. Is that okay? He said, yeah, go ahead. You can do it. I said, oh, my God, I can't believe he's giving me permission. So we went in there, and there I was in front of 200 people, and I said, Jacques Vallée was one of the advisors, and the character of Lacombe was, in theory, him. And they all looked at him. and He just shaked his head up and down, acknowledging yes. So that Which would be perfect. That would make perfect sense too when you look at that character. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But Project Serpo. I mean, amongst a lot of other things in there, but Project Serpo was in that film. And there is a book called The Secret Journey to Planet Serpo by Len Caston. Mm. It's a fabulous book. It talks all about it, the provisions that they took, what the whole thing was about. These twelve people were brought out of out of. They were in the military. Ten men, two women, and they were kept uh, out of society or out of anywhere. They were in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, for one year before they left for Serpo. And the the Serpians, the E-bands, they were the ones that took our astronauts to their planet. We didn't have the technology to do that. And so um, what's really, really interesting is that they were supposed to stay for 10 years. But in reality, they stayed for 13 years. There's two sons. It was a mess. Long story short, one dies going. Two stay in 1978. Two don't come back. They don't want to come back. Two die on the planet. So seven came back. If you go to YouTube and you look at Project Serpo, the debriefing, you're going to see some military, it looks like Colonel, debriefing the seven and where they're going, what their assignment is. And they had numbers. They didn't call them by name. They had numbers. Is that a real video or is that a fake? I can't tell you that. Uh, it looks pretty good. But there's a lot of stuff on YouTube that's not that long, and it's on Project Serpo, and I believe we had an exchange program, and it happened, and it went out of Holloman, Holloman Air Force Base, by the way. And uh, I, I just, it's right in film. It's right there. Mm. Now, I, I believe, you know, of all the filmmakers, I think Spielberg would be the one that they would approach and, and uh, tell them how to direct the movie and what information to put in there. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that Hollywood has been involved uh, with uh, this, you know, phenomenon. I mean, uh, for uh, for example, Jackie Gleason right. was heavily In into the subject. Homestead Air Force Base, right, or something like that. Right. right. Yeah, and uh, supposedly he's seen bodies or yes, saw a he body. Did. He said he did. He said he did, yeah, yes. He claimed he did. But, right. I, I mean, that doesn't shock me at all there. In, in a way, it makes perfect sense. You're conditioned through the medium that people are more often engaged in, in movies, television. That's where we engage in movies. That's, that's how they keep uh, keep our attention. So this is how they will condition, you know, certain subjects. But now, you know, moving into this, you know, the '80s, for example, we had the whole Paul Benowitz situation happen. Yes. Uh, with uh, Mirage Men, you know, coming out and uh, kind of giving the the whole story of what happened with Paul Benowitz. Uh, I mean, at a global scale, I mean, that could be just a you know one story. 
story, but at a global scale, you know, how many Paul Benowitz could, uh, could there be out there that have had similar issues where they've been fed misinformation just to drive them crazy? Correct, correct. You know, it's kind of interesting. This, this, this is one of those things I've got it up my wall, and I'm looking at it right now. And it says, without a permanent threat to national security, America's multi-billion dollar war machine is without a purpose. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Has it, it one sentence? Mm-hmm. It's, it tells it all. They need business. <laughs> they need business. Can I plug my website? <laughs> oh, plug away. And by the way, war is the biggest business around. And, uh, war is yeah, plug- big business. <laughs> it is. Anyway, it's ufogymsonoma.com. Ufogymsonoma, S-O-N-O-M-A dot com. All kinds of information on the site, where I'm speaking and what we're doing, et cetera, and so forth. So if you get a chance to visit it, it would be greatly appreciated. Now, where are you going to be at in the next uh, few months? Are you going to do any lectures? Are you doing the circuits? Because, you know, I'm getting more and more into this stuff, you know, since uh, I've had a a death in the family, which kept me away from a lot of this stuff a few years ago. Um, But now I'm getting more and more into it. I went to the MUFON convention last year in Orlando, which, by the way, that was a a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, are you going to be involved in any of the MUFON uh, events coming up in the future? I usually do MUFON events through the chapter. I, I do lecturing at the various chapters in the Bay Area, California kind of thing. But yeah. what I, I, but I, what I do every year and where I think now we're in our eighth or ninth year is I do this thing called the UFO series and it's done in Sonoma, California, but it's, uh, two lectures, uh, one, one over two weeks, one day a week. I do a two hour lecture on a subject and we're going to be doing this year, I know one of them we're going to do is Secret Journey to the Planet Serpo. And I'm going to try and do that. I usually Skype people in, like Linda Moulton Howe. I've done uh, animal abduction with her. Uh, I did, cool. I've had uh, David Jacobs. We've worked together. Um, so I do this series, and I give these talks. But more importantly, the film festival. I, we have mm. the Sonoma International Film Festival. This is a mainstream film festival with like two hundred films and we have a part of it called the ufo symposium which is we're in the mainstream and what we do is we open it up to the yeah it's people that pay big money for the whole five-day event but also to the general public and people from mufon who can't afford to buy tickets to film festivals it's on the house it's free so we open it up and it's really a lot of fun we've had steve bassett Six out of seven years with us, we've had we've had Dr. Charles E. Young, who was Chancellor of UCLA for 29 years, and he was the moderator of an abductee panel. We had four women that believed they were abducted and had recollection, and we had Dr. Young as our moderator. And when he started, everybody the the room was so packed. We they were on the floor, they were on windowsills, they were sitting in hallways. <laughs> Because here we had someone with major credentials. I mean, the longest-serving chancellor of the United States of America. He is moderating an alien abductee panel. But he started off this way. And when he started it, I kind of started to cringe because I said, oh, <laughs> no. He said, I'm not a believer, and I'm not a disbeliever. I'm an educator, and I'm open-minded. It was classic. Classic. <laughs> He, he was honest. He was yeah, honest. Yeah. He's open-minded. And so he did this. And he didn't regret that he did it. 
and mm. he got to hear four people tell some really interesting stories. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, this is what we want everybody listening to be. Just be open-minded. That's it. Don't, don't throw yourself into it 100% believing everything because, look, this is what we were discussing much earlier on the show before we had you on, Jim. Uh, you know, certain organizations that are doing this to take your money, uh, to just suck you in and to make you, you know, believe in a cultist type of thing. And don't jump into anything 100%, but go into everything with an open mind and, you know, Really do your homework because there's a, there's a lot of information that a lot of people put out and if you're you know if you're bright enough you should be able to, to weave out some of the baloney from the real stuff uh, because some of it just stinks to high heaven as what it is uh, so you should you should be able to uh, to do that much but be open minded about the subject because there is a lot of truth in this as well uh, and if just one little iota and this is Jim this is the crazy part if one percent of you know of everything is is real just that one percent. That's it. Everything, you know, pretty much is real. I mean, it validifies everything. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. But you're right. I think, because uh, I get asked a lot, well, you know, uh, like, for instance, they said, well, why, you, how are we going to know? How are we going to know? I said, look, you guys, meaning the general public, you guys mm-hmm. don't even look up to see chemtrails. Right. You don't <laughs> see chemtrails. My God, they're up there. Look at those lines. What do you think they are? Contrails mm-hmm. that last two or three minutes? These things are up for hours and hours and hours. The point of it is, it isn't ET that's doing the chemtrails. It's us, it's us that are doing yeah. the chemtrails. Exactly. But if we can't even look up, if we can't even look up, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do what you and I spend a lot of time doing? So we are the ones that spend the time. We have our nose to the grindstone. We're working on this stuff, and we try and weed out, you know, the the, the what we believe to be the real from the obviously not real. There's right. so much phony stuff that's out there. It's just unbelievable. But there's also a lot of good stuff out there, and there's also a lot of good people out there. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. The more you educate yourself, the the clearer some of these, this stuff actually gets. When I was a kid, I had a, you know, I wouldn't say an encounter, an experience. I, I had a sighting of a sponsorship that, you know, flew away really quickly, and I, and I couldn't make heads or tails of what it was, uh, whether, whether it was aliens or whether it was a government ship. I, I had no idea. I was, I was a kid. I was with a buddy of mine. He saw it also, and uh, many years later, I saw something with my dad, um, and I kind of left it at that, you know. But you know, after I started doing sky watching and seeing the stuff you see as a sky watcher, when you're actually looking up for several hours and you're looking up with equipment that are, are going to help you see what's going on in the skies uh, and infrared or whatnot, when you start, you know, doing the actual work on the boots on the ground, and you actually get out there, you do the actual work, you know, you see stuff, and then you start realizing, wait a second, not all this stuff is alien technology or even us that with some, you know, back engineered aircrafts, and that's when you start getting into like, well, some of this stuff is satellites, and you really start getting into the science of what's going on outside of the Earth, and it becomes a, really a, an interesting thing to, to study if you actually get deep into it. It really does. But then you, you will see certain objects. I've seen them, Jim. I've seen them by, while sky watching. I've seen certain things that I really cannot explain as a satellite or a conventional aircraft, and those are the ones that I, I love to look at over and over again because they really fuel the fire that I have continuing in this subject. And I'm sure for you, you know, you would be the same if you were doing the sky watching. But again, if you're not looking up, how are you going to answer the question when they ask you, well, have you seen anything? You know, why haven't I seen anything? Well, you're never looking up. You have right. to look up a little bit. That's know? right. Well, you know, you talk about night watching. I have a couple of pairs of the night vision glasses, military-grade night vision glasses, third generation. And they're fabulous. They're just fabulous. You see things that are mind-blowing. Yes, 
there's a, and I work with a uh, professor of astronomy and who ran the astronomy department at Sonoma State University. And we do work together on that. And I mean, so here's a guy and he's got uh, NORAD software where all the satellites and space junk. There's like 8,000 pieces of stuff up there flying around. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but the reality is there are things that are flying around and you can go to, again, YouTube. You can go to my site and see some also. But you can go to YouTube and put night vision glasses or night vision UFOs. And you'll see, you know, uh, like squadrons of things flying. Things that make yep. turns, that make hairpin turns. Things that satellites and meteors do not do. They right. just don't do it. What is doing it? Can't tell you. But I can yep. tell you something. And it's really fascinating. I mean... I've been with groups that were screaming. We had once a formation of five craft, uh, kind of in a V formation. And uh, this is back about four years ago, five years ago. And literally, the group of around 14 or 15 people were screaming, not in fear, but in excitement yeah. to see this. Mm-hmm. And, but I love it when they turn, you know, because especially when I'm with a naysayer. Who just, nah, it's all satellites, all this, all that. Right. When they turn, they're going, well, I don't know what that is. Of course you don't. Yeah, I think you why. That's, that's a UFO. That's it. You yeah, don't know yeah. what it is. Identify. It's the sky. That's it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, night vision glasses are great. By the way, they're about $3,000 a pair for those glasses. Oh, goodness. Yeah, but here's the thing. They keep the price up. Guess why? Because mom and pop average mm. citizen aren't going to buy a pair. If they were two hundred dollars, there'd be there'll be thousands and thousands of pairs out there. Very true. Now, no, there may be a thousand or two thousand pairs out there now. But if it was a hundred or two hundred dollars, there may have been a million pairs of those things sold. But they're not. They're not. They keep it at three thousand and keep it out of the hands of the masses. Mm -hmm. They don't want us all to like. You know, figure out what's going on. Just, you know. Yeah, and you can't really figure it out. <laughs> Boy, you can see things and say, "What the heck is that?" Correct. You know, let me ask you a question before we, because uh, we're all, well, we're short on time. But I wanted to get to this real quick. Have you seen the video on YouTube of a, a alien called the Skinny Bob alien? Skinny Bob? No, I have not. Oh goodness! It's a. Uh, it looks like it's something from the Roswell era. Uh, it's a small gray-looking alien, and it's uh, poking at something, and they, they show him standing up, being measured. You have not seen this at all. You know, you know what? I think I I've seen, was he in like a little gray. Was he in a uniform? Right, he was like in a suit. Yeah, he was in a suit. You can go on to YouTube and just put in uh, uh, the Serpo Planet Serpo, and there's a nine minute video. And at the end, they break down the four different types of EBs, and then they have these on camera. And actually, mm. you see him. You see him posing. You see him walking. Right. Watch him blinking. I mean, could it be? Could it be phony? Yeah, it could be. But oh my God, the money it would take to make that is <laughs> unbelievable. But Steven if that's Spielberg the will be proud. About, yeah, that's the one you're talking about. Yeah, I think that might be the one. It's an old black and white footage. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. And if you do go to that Project Serpo on YouTube, and uh, you'll see it. You'll see it. You'll see a kind of a silhouette of uh, the EB, the extraterrestrial. And then you watch it. Like I said, it's nine minutes. It's worth every second of that nine minutes. So you think that's authentic footage? Yes. I think that's the real deal. 
Now, another one I have here that I want to ask you about the, uh, before we let you go, the Mona Lisa alien that, that was supposedly found on the moon, the uh, Mona Lisa EBE. Are you familiar with that one? Not a lot. Not a lot. But we can, we're not going to get into the moon because we don't have any time. But we could talk no. about Spaceship Moon uh, from Natalie Kalskam. One thing about the moon to remember, an incubator. That's an incubator mm. for planet Earth, the moon. Jim, we're going to leave it off right there. And uh, my goodness, what a good time having you on the show. We have to have you back on uh, very soon because the, the, the hour just flew by. We could, we could definitely be talking for several hours. <laughs> uh, give the audience again your website. I want everybody to, okay. to follow you along, please. Okay, it's ufogymsonoma.com. U-F-O-G-Y-M-S-O-N-O-M-A.com. One word, ufogymsonoma.com. There you go, guys. UFO Jim, follow him along, and uh, thank you all for listening in to Skywatchers Radio on another beautiful evening here on uh, the, the territory we like to call Earth, little planet, third rock from the sun, I like to call Earth. And I want to, th- you know, thank my co-host uh, Alan, who had to leave a little earlier, and uh, hopefully everything's okay uh, with his stepdaughter. And uh, everybody listening in again, thank you all. And uh, like I always say uh, at the end of the show, guys, keep your eyes to the skies and keep looking up. Maybe one day you'll see something. This is Skywatchers Radio, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Or maybe not, because next week is the 4th of July, so I don't think we're going to catch anybody next week. But a rerun will be great next week. Or maybe we'll surprise you with a show. We don't know yet. It, it's a, it's a, it's up to debate. It's in the air. It's to be announced. But till then, good night, everybody. Take care. Jim. Thank you very night. much for having me on. Thank you, sir. Good night, everybody. <laughs>